Hey everybody, and welcome to the Harvest Community Church Podcast. We hope this message today brings you encouragement and inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. If you ever have any questions or you want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out at harvesttn.com. Enjoy the message. A couple weeks ago, I started a series. Of course, um, I feel like I didn't start it since I had to miss again. So I'll recap just a little bit, but we're, I started a series called Heartbeat. The idea behind that series just came to me as every year, just seeking the Lord for what's the next year going to bring for our church, uh, for my own life, for our church. And um, I just kept thinking heartbeat. I want, I want my own life and I want our church to, I want our heart to beat what, for what Jesus' heart beats for. I want our heart to beat in rhythm with his heart for what his heart beats for, for what is important to him, for what he values, that we value to the level that he values what he values. And that's, that's my heart's desire. And I know I believe this year's I believe this year will be probably uh, the greatest year since since harvest has has been in existence. Um, and I'm holding to that Bible verse. Um, and I can't remember exactly where it was, but that Bible verse that says uh, there's a long way to go and a short time to get there. And we're going to do what they say can't be done. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> which verse that is, but it's got to be in the Bible. Something that good, got to be there. Um, I'm not one of those people who, who accepts that it can't be done. And I think most of you that are here are here because you are those people who say, I don't accept the idea that it can't be done. I don't accept the idea that it's never been done before. Um, and I don't accept the idea that it can't be done because here's what I know. If we're walking according to the heartbeat of Jesus, I don't think Jesus ever had a limitation. I don't think Jesus ever went to the point to say, you know, I, I, there's, a, there's a guy across the, 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 the Sea of Galilee here that, that needs me, but you know what? I kind of know what's going to be happening between here and there. It seems a little bit too impossible. I think we'll just back off of that. I don't think Jesus ever did that to you. I don't think he ever saw a limitation. And, and, and the heart of harvest is, is the heart that says, show me a limitation. We get excited about limitations. We get excited about those things that other people say can't be done because we're going to break through that with the power of the Holy Spirit and the leadership of Jesus Christ marching in rhythm with his heartbeat. We're going to crash through those things. We're going to crash through them. So open with me to Mark chapter 4. We are going to continue today the, 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 the series. And it'll kind of recap just a little bit, but setting up where we are. In the very first words of this, you'll find uh, the day when, or that day when evening came, the Mark chapter four, um, that day when evening came. Stop just for a minute. Now, what day? Well, that day that Jesus had been talking to them about the kingdom of God. Jesus had been sharing about his kingdom. 
And the realization is that Jesus left heaven and came to earth not to come down here to save us so that we could go to the kingdom of God, but Jesus brought the kingdom of God from heaven to earth. And he said, what I want you to do is pray that thy kingdom come, thy will be done. I want you to pray for his kingdom that is there. I want it established in this earth. And so Jesus didn't come to say, I'm going to give you an escape. I'm going to come and save you. And then you all hang out in a holy huddle. And if you hang out long enough, I'm going to come and I'm going to rescue you. And then you can go to the heaven that I meant for you. Know what Jesus is doing is he's bringing the heaven that he meant for us and he's bringing it here. And so he brought the kingdom of peace and the kingdom of joy and the kingdom of love. And Jesus said, unless you're born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. And he's not talking about unless you're born again, you can't go to heaven one day. He's saying unless you're born again, you can't see this spiritual kingdom that I'm telling you about that is real and now. It's among us. So Jesus came to establish his kingdom and his heart beats for that, to establish his kingdom in in this earth, in us now. Look at the rest of this verse. The day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go. Let me stop there for a minute. I love that. The disciples were invited by the king of kings, the savior of the world, the most powerful one, invited them to go somewhere with him. Jesus, in other words, saying, guys, I'm telling you, we're going to have some experiences together. You're going to have some stories to tell. See, when you sit down with your grandkids on down the road somewhere, you're not going to sit and tell about somebody else's story. You're going to have some stories to tell your own. You're going to be able to tell them what happened in your life following me and walking with me. That's the beauty of following Jesus. I mean, when he gives an invitation and says, let's go, he doesn't mean I want to go and I want you to stand back and watch what happens. He's saying, I'm giving you a personal invitation to go and do what I'm doing in this earth today. Then he said, I got to leave here, guys. But what I want you to know, it's better that I leave here because when I leave, the comforter is going to come. The one is going to come, the Holy Spirit. I'm with you now, but I can only be with you as Jesus in, in physical form. I can only be with you in one place, in one geographical location, but the Holy Spirit's going to come and he's going to never forsake you. He's going to be with you everywhere you go, every minute of every day. He is going to ab- abide within you. He's going to give you power. He's going to give you courage. He's going to give you peace. He's going to give you joy. He's going to give you everything you need to live out this kingdom in this earth. That's what he's called us to. And so he's inviting them to join him. The big thing about an invitation is, notice the next word, let us go over to the other side. So it's like, okay, you just got an invitation to do something, but it's an invitation to go somewhere. Jesus didn't invite them to, and and at times he would say, tell them to sit down, I got something to tell you. And that's what he had been doing in teaching them about the kingdom of God in a seed. Here's what he's doing now. He's saying, okay, now here's what I'm going to tell you. I I taught it, and now I'm going to walk it out, and I'm going to show you what this looks like. All this stuff I've been telling you about the kingdom of God, I'm going to walk it out, and I'm going to show you. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to go with me. I want you to watch what I do, and I want you to do what I do. Did Did you hear me? 
That's very important. It's not just watching what he does, but doing what he does. And that's what he's teaching his disciples. So they then accept the invitation to go. To accept the invitation to follow Jesus means you got to leave one place to get to another. And I think when we're called to follow him, we're called to leave our comfort. The disciples didn't understand yet just how much comfort they were going to be leaving. They didn't know what was ahead. All they knew was they had received an invitation from Jesus. And I think Jesus didn't fully tell them the whole thing about what was about to happen because some of them may have backed off. Had they known about the storm that was going to come up, had they known about the demoniac that they were about ready to confront, they may have backed off a little bit. Jesus doesn't always tell you everything about where you're going. He just says, go with me. Because see, when we go with him and he leads, there's nothing to worry about. Are you with me? When we, Harvest Community Church, when we follow him, all we, got, all we have to do is follow him. We don't want to get ahead of his heartbeat. We don't want to get behind. We don't want our heart to beat faster than his, meaning that we're trying to get out and make something happen that's not supposed to happen yet. We don't want our heart to beat slower than his, meaning He's saying, come on, guys, and we're sitting back saying, but I'm just not ready yet. It seems too uncomfortable. Just don't want to go there. Not willing to pay the price. Not willing to give. Not willing to go. Not willing to do. Not willing to pray. That's not what he wants. So he's saying, I'm inviting you to the greatest adventure of your life. How many of you believe following Jesus is the greatest adventure? I'm telling you, it's the greatest adventure. We've been through an adventure just in the last few months that, that had you told me months ago okay, I want to just let you know and prepare you ahead of time this is going to happen. I would not have believed it. But yet we were there. And we watched the power of God day in, day out get us through. When God leads you somewhere, he has every intention to get you out the other side. Now, I believe the enemy brought that storm on Carla. I believe the enemy brought this storm that they're going to face. But I do believe that God says, I don't care who brings a storm on you. I'm the one that's leading you and I will get you through. Are you tracking with me? Let me, um, let's, let's finish reading this right quick. Let's go over to the other side. Jesus said, leaving the crowd. Mm. It's hard to leave the crowd. How many of you find comfort in this crowd? Anybody find comfort in the Now, some of you don't. Some of you are absolutely freaking out saying, Mabel, I tell you what, I'm about ready to get out of here. I, I don't know how much I can handle this crowd. Um, I've been there. Been there. I, I'm not a big crowd. The only place I like a crowd is at church, and the only like only church I like a crowd in is Harvest. If I go to another church, I don't want a crowd because I don't want to be crowded in. You know what I'm saying? But it's like okay, I want I want two rows all to myself. <laughs> I don't want anybody bothering me. I remember we visited a church one time years ago, Carla and I, when we were when we were young, younger. I mean, we're still young, but we were younger. And it was offering time. And um, so they were taking up the offering. I always sit in the back uh, when I visit somewhere. I, I, I'm, I'm this, this weird mixture of an extrovert, introvert. The only time I'm an extrovert is when I'm doing what I'm doing here. Um, the anointing of the Holy Spirit makes me an extro extrovert. But outside of that, I'm kind of introversial. I know that's not a word. Some of you say, preacher don't even know English language which you would be correct on that and so 
so we, we slipped in, sit in the back, and they're taking up the offering. And the, and the offering comes by, and, and they had one of those cool, they, they didn't have plastic buckets like we've got. They had real offering thingies. And it was, uh, and, oh, I'm not being critical. It was pretty cool. It was like a stick with a bag hanging on it, a fancy bag. And so, <clears throat> and, and please, if you go to a church that uses fancy bag offering plates, please do not say, you don't believe what that preacher over at Harvest Community Church said. I am not being critical. I love those. We don't use them here because you can't get enough money in them. And the way you guys give, it's overflowing buckets. The next thing we're going to do is five-gallon buckets, Okay. <laughs> So the offering thing came by. We're just visiting for the first time there. And we're fairly newly, youngly married. And I, we're not, I don't have any money. I just barely paid for the motel room in the area where we're at. We, I didn't put anything in. So the guy that's taken up with the offering walks over and he, and he passes. He hands me the, the bag. And, and um, I just kind of hand it back to him. And he stood there and looked at, looked at me like this. And he went, just stared at me and shook that bag. I took that stick in that bag and I whacked him upside the head. No, I'm, <laughs> you ever have those moments that you envision what you would like to do, but you actually don't do it? I didn't do it, but I just looked back at him and I said, no, thank you. <laughs> he just, he finally just kept on going. Um, I don't exactly know how I got <laughs> even in that story. What was I talking about? <laughs> Who? The crowd, yes. <laughs> the crowd. Uh, Y'all are a good crowd. Um, but we can find comfort in the laughter. For, for most people in this room, and, and some of you are seekers, some of you are trying to figure out what you believe, and you don't know about if you believe in Jesus or not yet, but, but you're here because you're open to the idea that maybe, just maybe, Maybe there is more to this thing, and, and, and that's awesome. Most of you here have some common thought. Most of you here believe, and it's comfortable. When you go out there, and you're around a lot of people who do not believe, isn't it a little bit uncomfortable sometimes? So we like the crowd, but the kingdom of God does not change the culture in which we live when we stay within the comfort of our own crowd. We have to leave the crowd to go to where the need is. Does that make sense? We have to leave the crowd to go to where the need is. And Jesus said, there's a guy over here that needs me, and we're going to leave this big crowd that we're in now, and we're going to go over there because there is one person who needs me, and I'm going to save him. That's what Jesus wants to do. So let me give you some numbers for some, some things for those of you that will say, but I didn't preach if I don't give you at least a couple, number one, two, threes. Number one. Jesus grows his kingdom through us. Jesus grows his kingdom through us. How many of you know that, that Jesus doesn't now? I mean, if, if I were not up here preaching right now, how many of you know that if we were all sitting back there waiting on Jesus himself to stand here and, and to teach this word, we would, we would we, I mean, we would just be sitting there, right? Because he's not going to do that. Jesus does what he does through his kids, through his people, through those. He, he establishes his kingdom in this world through you, 
through those who are a part of his kingdom through the new birth. And he works that, and we take the good news. We take the gospel to this world, and we tell people about Jesus, and we plant the seeds of the kingdom, and then the seeds of the kingdom grow in people's lives. Does that make sense? He's going to do what he does, but he's going to do it through us. And if we don't do it, it ain't going to happen. Who is us? Who is us? See, when I'm, when I'm saying us, there's a moment when I'm saying Harvest Community Church, okay? But Harvest Community Church, we are a part of a, of, of a, of a greater, magnificent body, the body of Christ. And that body is made up of a lot of different houses with a lot of different names on them, but we're still brothers and sisters. Are you tracking with me? I don't care. We could leave here and go over to, to church circle to First Baptist Church and we're going to find our brothers and sisters. And we could leave here and go to First United Methodist Church and we're going to find our brothers and sisters. And we could leave here and go to uh, First Christian Church and we can find our brothers and sisters. And we could leave here and go to Beulah Baptist and find our brothers and sisters. And we could go to Paschal Pentecostal Church of God in Christ and find our brothers and sisters. Are you tracking with me? We're a part of a big family. We, we got to get beyond. We've got to get beyond this, this competitive nature between churches. We're a, we're doing, we're a part of the same family trying to do this or should be trying to do the same thing. And that is reach a world that is without Jesus Christ. And we're the only ones with the answer. That's the big us. But then there's the little us. And the little us is, 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 is harvest. God doesn't do this without us. And on any given Sunday, there's a lot of us's involved in what happens here. But we all have to come to this place where we say, I, I, I'm not satisfied to say, Lord, use them. I want to be a part of us. There's a place where them has to go out the door. There's a place where Harvest Community Church is no longer that church or them, but it's us. Does that make sense? And when Harvest becomes us, then we find our place. And, and, and today, man, I'll tell you, this morning when, when we left the house, it was, it was pretty cold um, for the, before we came to the 830 service. How many of you know it was pretty cold? Some of you don't know you slept through that part. That's why you're at this. That's why you're at this service. I will tell you, it was cold, and I told Carl, I said, "Man, I feel for those parking lot guys today." And we pulled up out there, and I mean, they are bundled to the hilt, and every one of them with these big old smiles on their faces is like, "What is wrong with you? Do you not know how cold it is out here? Get that smile off of your face." See, when Jesus radiates through us, something happens. When Jesus begins to radiate through us, the body of Christ is no longer a us and them. We're all in us. But then when we get here, we have to do us. We have to be us. We have to do us. And so 
the parking lot guys doing us and the band doing us and the lighting people and the sound people and, and the people ministering to our babies and ministering to our children and ministering to our youth and all over this place, the greeters, or the, or the guest services when we come in with these big smiles on their faces and greeting. I'm, I'm telling you, if that is us and if that's all of us accepting the invitation of Jesus Christ to go and see a life changed. He's going to do what he does through us. It's going to require moving away from the comfort zone, and it's going to require faith. But man, is it a journey. There's nothing like being able to sit down with your kids and tell stories. I mean, how would you like the best story you got to tell is, honey, I'm telling you. Let me tell you about the way it was in, in our day when we went to church. I mean, it was snowing one Sunday. I mean, it's cold out. We went to church anyway. Oh, mom and dad, you got to be, that's the, most, that's the most amazing story I've ever heard. My own. Oh, listen to this. Not only did we go, but we put a dollar in the offering plate. Whoa! But that's the best story that some people have. We all want a story. We all want to be able to tell a story. But you got to do the do. You got to do the deal. You got to get in the boat to have the story to tell. Are you with me? You got to get in the boat to tell the story, man. You can't sit outside the boat. I mean, you could. You can sit outside the boat and you can say, let me tell you a story about what happened to Peter and John and, and James and the disciples when they were, when this storm, you, know, you could do that, but wouldn't it be much more exciting to say, let me tell you something, I was following Jesus, we're going with him, Jesus invites us to go, and we're saying, Lord, I know, okay, I know it's going to be a little bit intimidated by this thing, because I don't know where we're going, but we're going to go with you, Lord, and we get out there, and, and at the one moment, I wanted to back off, but I couldn't back off because it was in the boat, there was no place to go, so we're out there in the boat and this storm comes up and, and we're a little bit afraid but I will tell you this Jesus was there but you wouldn't believe what just happened because Jesus got up he spoke to the storm he calmed that storm that's a story that only those disciples could tell everybody else is saying well here's what I heard I heard what happened over there I heard what happened here but only the disciples who got in the boat and went with Jesus and I'm preaching next Sunday sermon I can't go there but only the disciples who got in the boat with Jesus and traveled that way have the story to tell that this is what happened to us. That's the story of us. I love the story of harvest because it's not a story of one person or five people or in 10 people. It's the story of us and what God is doing to change this world through a few people. Number two, Jesus grows his kingdom from inside out. Jesus grows his kingdom from inside out. <clears throat> Why would we want to try to adopt something that we know failed and failed and failed and cannot succeed? And yet, I'm afraid the church in some ways in our country has done that. Church history, really quick, you go back to the younger church in the book of Acts and you see awesomeness. You see trials, you see persecution. You see, you see a persecution beyond anything that our minds can comprehend, and yet we see a vibrant church growing and people coming to Jesus and people being saved and miracles happening. And then through church history, there came a moment where the church 
ran back in. We, we, we didn't leave the crowd anymore. We stayed in the crowd and, and everything became about what happens in a building. And so now the only, the only real jobs there is is, is, is full-time ministry. And no, 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 there's a world out there, man. There, there's a world out there of people who need Jesus. And we've been called. You're calling to work. You're working at Eastman. You're working at, uh, as a mechanic. You're working as a body fender guy. You're working as an insurance person. You're working as a real estate agent. You're working as a secretary. You're working as a garbage collector. Whatever your job is, that's a mission field and that's a calling. And when we begin to see that as a calling that, no, we're not called to just come in here and sit in a room. Our calling begins when we walk out that door and we take Jesus with us out there. Everything kind of got interned and it all became about what happens in a building. But I believe Jesus is calling us to go back. I called you to go out, but here's the problem. We've been called to impact our culture. We've been called to make a difference in the culture out there. We've been called to take the culture of the kingdom of God into this world and make a difference. Are, are you tracking with me so far? But here's what happened. The disciples and the people during the day when Jesus came, they, um, how many of you know that most of the religious people missed him? They didn't see him. They rejected him. Why? Because he didn't come the way they thought he would. See, they were fed up with being abused by the Romans. And so they thought what they would do is they were going to come, or that Jesus is going to come from heaven. He's going to come with his armies. He's going to set up an earthly kingdom, and he's going to kick the butts of everybody that kicked their butts. I mean, it's pretty nice if you've been abused by the Romans to sit and think about revenge. Oh, he's going to come. You Romans, you think you're, okay, I just want you to know, your, yours is coming, Jesus is coming, our Messiah is coming, when he gets here, you're in trouble. And that's, what, that's not at all what Jesus came to do. Jesus came to do his kingdom from inside out. He changes the culture from inside out. What they did and what, what the church has done in this country is not a lot different. They attempted to force their religion. They wanted Jesus to come and force his religion on the Romans and make them follow him. You tracking with me so far? And Jesus said, you got it wrong, guys. I know what your assumptions were. I know what your expectations were. But what I want you to know is I didn't come to do that. I came to save the lost. I came to set up my kingdom in the hearts of people. And the way my kingdom goes out is in love. Not going out to beat those who don't agree with us. And so for so long, we as a church have done what they did. We have... We have tried to force the kingdom of Jesus Christ onto a world, onto a people, onto a, a world that, that doesn't know him, onto a world that is rocked and tainted and reeled by sin, and we've tried to force Jesus' ways. We've tried to force a moral code 
on a world that doesn't know our Savior. Thinking that that's going to make everything right. And Jesus, the whole time I can see, saying, guys, they got it wrong back then. Don't fall into the same mistake. My kingdom does not grow when you try to force them to do what you think they ought to do. My kingdom grows when you walk out there with my love, my heartbeat, and you teach them. And you tell them that I love them. And as you do that, one by one, you will melt stony hearts and they will come to know me. That's how his kingdom grows. That's how the kingdom grows. Let's not, make, let's not continue to try to do a failed system. Let's not scream about, oh, they took the Ten Commandments off of the courthouse walls. Who cares? But they took prayer out of school. Who cares? I'm letting you finish your tweet. Can't believe this preacher doesn't care. <clears throat> Here's what I know. You don't even live by the Ten Commandments. And yet we want to hang them out there and force a world. And they're sitting and looking at us and they're saying, Are you all, do you all think we're idiots? We know that you don't even do it. And, and, and you're telling us we need to hang, what are we going to hang them up for? Nobody will, nobody's going to do it, not even the people that are screaming about it. And you say, well, the world, the, 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 the world went to hell in a handbasket when prayer, when they took prayer out of the school. You can't take prayer out of school. You see, we have allowed this way of thinking. We've allowed this physical kingdom come. Tell them all to shut up Jesus and do what you tell them to do. We've allowed that way of thinking to come into our way of thinking. Let me tell you something. Nobody can tell you not to pray. Nobody, what well, we ought to be teaching our kids instead of saying, honey, I'm telling you, it's hell out there. And, and, and the only reason it is, there's no, not much hope for you, but they took prayer out of the schools and said they took prayer. No, you ought to be telling your kids, honey, I want to tell you something. Jesus will never leave you or forsake you. He's with you always. I don't care where you are. Nobody can stop you from praying. There's never a moment that anybody can keep you away from a conversation with Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, when we go out there and we begin to love like that, and we begin to march in a way that we're not trying to force them, but we're going to love them to Jesus. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? We're going to love them to Jesus. We're going to love them in so many ways that there will be a point in time where they will say, I don't understand what's going on, but you have a peace that I want and I don't understand it and I need to know what's going on in your life and you can say, can, would you have a cup of coffee with me and let me tell you about Jesus. Yeah, but I, I don't want that Jesus stuff. Well, but it, it's okay. You just ask me about, and I, you ask me what's going on in my life and why I'm able to make it through the storms. I'm just gonna tell you, if you want to know that, I can't not tell you about Jesus because he's the reason I have joy when, when there should be no joy. He's the reason I have peace when there should be no peace. He is the reason I have love when I should not be loved. He's the reason. So if you want to know, and I'm going to tell you something, when everything gets bad enough out there and we take what should be the culture in here and we don't adopt the culture out there and bring it in here, but we take our culture, the culture that Jesus plants in the hearts of people, we take it out there, the world can change. It can change. But you can't. Oh, I'm, I'm 
You can't change. You can't change what you embrace. See, if we accept a, a culture of materialism and greed and pride and hate and intolerance, if we accept that culture, then you can't change it because we've become it. And Jesus is saying, I've got so much more. I've got so much better. And all I need is a few people that will walk it out. Day in, day out. Walk, not, not to be perfect, just day in, day out, walk it out. Now, let, let me close with this. And this is number three. Jesus grows his kingdom one life at a time. One life at a time, he grows his kingdom. Every one of you had to make an individual decision to follow Jesus. Right? See, as much as you love this man, you could not make his decision to follow Jesus and you could not make her decision to follow Jesus. You've got to make that decision on your own. It's a one-on-one -on -one thing and Jesus changes the world one life at a time. And a lot of times it's those people that other people have rejected that Jesus says there's seasons in life and, and there's a season of need, and I'm going to find you. See, there are moments when people think, I don't need him. But then their life, when life happens, we tend to come around at some point in time and say, whoa, I'm tired of doing this alone. I need you, Lord. You know how you will be there to give the message at that moment? When you love. Not when, you're, not when we're browbeating a world, but we take this culture of love into this world and watch Jesus change the world through us. We're, we're a family. We're a big family. No matter where you're from, no matter, no matter what your, your um, uh, geographical location as far as where you live, no matter who you are, no matter what your, who your parents are, no matter what your nationality, if you're born again, we're part of a family. We're us, aren't we? Young, old, no, I'm kidding. We're part of a family. You're very important to the Lord. And He loves you. And just like we're going to, we're going to find this out, just like Jesus left this crowd and He went to the other side of the lake to find a man that everybody else had rejected. They tried to tie him up. They tried to bind him. Nobody wanted to fool with him. He was trouble. He was a problem. But Jesus said, that's where I'm going. You want to go with me? I'm going to get that guy. I'm going. I want you to go with me. And Jesus went. And the man's life was changed forever. The man's life was changed forever. We've been called to get the one, gang. We've been called to go find the one that doesn't know him. We've been called for that. And that one can be your niece and your nephew, your son, your daughter, your brother, your sister, your mom, your dad, your aunt, your uncle, your co-worker, somebody you go to school with, but there's one that you know that needs Jesus. And Jesus will empower you to make a difference. Would you bow your head with me for a moment? If you, if you are here and you do not know the Lord, you've never said, Bud, I've heard about him. 
but I don't know him. I've never made a decision to follow him. But I would like to pray today. I would like to invite Jesus into my life. No pressure, just, just asking you. If you'd like to do that, would you raise your hand? I'm going to pray with you. Father, we give you praise today. Thank you for your love. And thank you, Lord, that you chose us. And that you will use us. We want to follow your heartbeat. And we want our heart to beat in rhythm for what your heart beats for. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. If you've enjoyed listening, be sure to hit the subscribe button and rate and review the podcast. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you again next week.